Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Experience Points, your favorite all-queer cast podcast. We're very excited to announce that we once again have a full cast. We've invited Steph, Eos, or at Luna Starwind to join us, and she has agreed. Angus is very excited to have a mystic in the crew again because he seems to attract a lot of attacks. We've almost hit our next giveaway goal, so please continue to recommend us to your friends and give us high ratings wherever you listen. It's important to all podcasts, which is why we all ask. We'd love to hear from any slash all of you, and we can be reached at, on Twitter at EQ Points or Facebook or at our email address, xquarianspoints at gmail.com. This episode of Experience Points, the crew settles into the Absalon spaceship Roseate, or pink ass. We learn that we need to fly into the sun to get more information on 18, everyone gets acquainted with their new jobs, and we do a team building exercise to learn what capabilities we all have while trying to learn how to fight together. So let's get on with episode 25, Archipelago. Greetings, Adventure Hookers, and welcome to Experience Points, your favorite all-queer Starfinder real-play podcast. I'm your host and GM, Miyu, and joining me today is our fabulous cast. Hello, I'm Kelrick, and I play Angus. Hi there, I am Britt, and I play Mordax and Silverblade. Hi, I'm Kenny, and I play Absco Cash. Hello, I'm Steph, and I play Eos Nabari. And I believe that we have a recap from our last adventure from Captain Angus. Captain's log. That didn't sound so weird to say until we, until last, oh my goodness, I don't know how to deal with this now. Oh, okay, okay, only I'm going to hear this, it's fine. We woke up from our test, test I say, oh, George is going to get, to find that George has been spying on us, or the Starfinders. We forgive him mostly because we love him but i think he's going to have a rougher goal with mordax he introduced us to the starfinders liaison jay who was convinced was convinced us to join up and and gave me command of the biggest ship i can even imagine Ra has been incorporated into the ship which they seem super excited about which is good absco has taken on the role of pilot and head of security well that'll be super exciting to look out Mordax has agreed to join us and be chief engineer and become and has already become friends with Bra, which is excellent. On the way over, I got to look over the files on Obsco and myself, and it turns out that Solomon, or 18, as apparently they were originally named, is apparently responsible for the whole Gideon debacle, and there will be a reckoning about that, and I'm going to be furious if they're still playing with Phaedra's heart. Turns out that they're much older than we previously thought, but we'll be discussing that more later. We met another new Starfinder na contractor named Eos. She's coming on as Chief Med Officer, and we look forward to getting to know more about her. I'm not sure what to think of her yet, but I think I'm ready to christen the ship and see what our next steps are. All right, so you have this brand new ship, and we last left off with a question. Can I tell them what we're christening her, Captain? We will be christening our ship, the Absalon Spaceship Roseate. Aye, Captain. All right, now where are we going? Because I'm duck. <laughs> <laughs> and the captain goes, wait, now what? George will hit the intercom to, to buzz. If that's even really his name. And, and you hear, it's George. Uh, can, can I come in? Hi, come in. Uh, George steps in to the room and kind of hugging himself with two of his arms and scratching his head with a third while another one's like behind his back. And he goes, so, uh, you're going to do it then, Captain? Aye, we're in. Well, 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 that's great. That's great. So, um, you know, 
I was I was hoping you, you'd kind of keep me on with you. Uh, I understand if you don't, but, you know, I, I can still make you uniforms if you don't. Oh, no, George. You're not going anywhere. You're going to stick with us. Oh, cool, cool. I, I, I hope you're, you're not all mad or nothing. It's not like I was spying on you so much as uh, spying on 18 and, and observing you. Uh, I hope you understand the, the distinction, Captain. I... And I totally understand that Kira really didn't give you much of a choice. It was either do what she said because she said Solomon told her to take you or blow your cover. So I can empathize with the situation you were put in. We will, you and I will just move forward and see, see where that takes us. So, sounds good, Captain. Sounds good. Uh, so well, what are you thinking? Well, for one thing, I'm trying to think of what your role on the ship should be. I mean, when it was a much smaller ship, it was much easier because you were just around and helping out. I feel like you should have more responsibility to keep you busy if you're going to be on a ship this size. Oh, oh, like like what, Captain? I'm not sure. Tell me what other skills you have that we don't know about. Uh, I'm just I'm just really observant. That that's all. Hmm. Uh, I make clothes and uh, stand out, but blend in all at the same time. Hmm. I think maybe I'll put you under Absco's direct authority since he's dealing with security and that sounds like something security might be able to find a use for those skills although i do still want you to make us new uniforms right right new uniforms coming up i'm gonna calm absco and ask him to come in sure. i believe absco uh. i believe everyone was there with oh, you at perfect. this point as you were having that meeting yes oh, perfect then i would just point to absco and say I-, I leave it to you to deal with george's responsibilities going forward all right. Where does this leave us? Is Jay in, Jay's in the room, right? Uh, you calmed Jay, so no, Jay is not in the room at the moment. Okay, Jay, if you could join us in the ready room so that we can talk about what next steps the Starfinders might have for us, that would be grand. All right, Jay comes in, and she sits down and says, So, down to the nitty-gritty. You're captain of the ship, and she pulls out this contract, big long contract, and she goes, and as I explained, we have technically a group of corporations that have funded your expedition here. So technically, the ship belongs to this fund for the next, and they get 80% of the profits for the next 10 years, at which point the contract is up for renewal with the captain and the crew getting a 50% stake in the ship. Okay. Pretty standard. I look at Absco since you're our corporate person. Seeing as how Abadar Corps is, at, on the whole, responsible for 18, why do they have a stake in this mission? Oh, Abadar Corp like- doesn't. Yeah, no, it's not Abadar Corp. It's a bunch of different corporations. Use your, give me your profession check, that, that investigator yeah. check that you have. Because this would apply as you look over the list to see what kind of corporations are on. 24? 24. As you're looking through them, you realize that... And, and you're starting... Because you're, you're pretty knowledgeable about the corporate world and like subsidiary, you know, who's a subsidiary of whom, so on. You don't recognize any of these particular companies like as you begin tying them back through your head you realize they don't seem to actually go anywhere so it's a bunch of shell corporations hmm so in theory they could be funding but there's nothing on paper showing that they are at this point um, sorry I, my day job bled through <laughs> <laughs> no, no no you're fine you, you could be like the voice in the back of my head <laughs> um 
I, I turn to, or Absco turns to Angus and says, it's hard to know where the money is coming from on this, so it's hard to know whose strings will be pulling our actions. But I don't know that, you know, at this point, moving forward is really all we can do unless we want just the Zephyr back. Well, I think we've signed on for this for now. I can direction to go. I can continue to do some investigation to find out who's pulling the strings outside of the Starfinder Society. I think it would be beneficial to know who wants to get information on Evelyn and Solomon. But I think it benefits us to do this regardless. I look at Jay and I say, while Absco's doing that, perhaps maybe you can just tell us, are all of these shell corporations owned by Starfinders or are they owned by separate companies? So I guess as an aside, while you mm-hmm. are all having this discussion, Mordax is half paying attention, but also half playing a rig. And she decided that it would be fun to try to see if she could just start remote hacking into the computer systems and see how uh, how well they stand up to that. And also, if she manages to, to dig a little deeper into the files and see if she can help with this conversation. Nice. Jay goes over the contract with Absco. Mordax, you need to roll a computer's check. Let's see how good you are at hacking into the system. Gross. Yikes. 16. You're not able to find any security loopholes as you're digging through. The the system seems pretty secure. So let's go ahead and have you roll another computer's check because you said after that you're going to log in with your credentials. That's a 28. 28. (laughs) 28. Yeah, you log in and you use your your custom rig. You set it to an exploratory like file map and looks like your log to for everything that your login credentials will get you and it looks like your login credentials will get you pretty much anything in the system it unlocks most of the standard encryptions from just a quick glance it looks like the only thing you wouldn't have access to is uh, are certain encrypted channels that are you know would be used as private channels all right so, fine, there's all kinds of databases on the ship with all kinds of information about different worlds, including the public access Starfinder wiki, I guess, of the <laughs> world, can I, of the entire known galaxy. Can I keep diving in to see if there's anything that they have accessible that I can see that is about how they were scouting me? Your personnel file is right there. Okay, I'm going to read it while they're all talking about things. They saw your mechanical genius and knew that you were getting into some trouble and thought that they could recruit you. And it was actually just really great happenstance that the other people managed to pick you up to to meet with you in front of that elevator. Like the entire, like in the personnel file, it's like, we have no idea how the hell this happened, but it did. It was one of those cosmic coincidences. All right. It seems like they just had their eye on you for a while watching. They were. It seems that they were scouting the entire bot fighting arena. All right. Mordek says this sort of just nagging feeling that something is completely wrong about all of this. So she'll, she'll shut the computer down and, and resume listening to the conversation. Are we done with the contract? So that covers the business uh, as far as what we expect from you. Well, we want you to track down this... Evelyn and see what is going on with 18 and really just keep doing what you were doing. Excellent. Bumbling along. We're down. So long as we don't have to go back to Eox, I'm fine. You know, funny you should mention that. (laughs) And then just the little corner of her mouth turns up. For the first time, you see she seems to have cracked something resembling a smile. Don't worry. I'm not sending you to Eox. Then what's the smile? Alright. Yeah. Well, did you have any plans anywhere you were going to go after coming to Absalom? We were supposed to do some research here and see where that research took us to find out more about Evelyn to try and back her down and 
get the adventure hook for Boloman. So that was our plan. On the central hollow projection in the table, she taps her pad and it pops up with a sight and she types in a code and hits save. And then like before your eyes just assigns it to all of the people in the room, the officers in the room. And then it pops up all of the research that you can find here on Absalom Station about even 18. Okay. Which is about three pages. Awesome. <laughs> Make it up for us. Yeah. Pretty much every, you actually have better information than you can find here. Since they've gone through all of our stuff, obviously, have they entered in any of the holy texts on Evelyn that we got from the silver kobolds? No, they didn't do that. They yeah. they transferred your stuff over, but aside from uh, assigning Bra to well, the ship, <laughs> you know, <laughs> assigning him, assimilating him to the mm -hmm. ship, no, they, they don't seem to have actually gone through your stuff. I think then we're going to spend some time doing some analysis of this, and then we'll figure out our next steps. She says there is one place you may check out. And where's that? There's a repository, and we believe there may be some information about this, Evelyn. In the Burning Archipelago at the heart of the sun. Give me a culture check. I, I'll roll as well. Yeah, everyone here can roll yes. culture check on this. Ooh, a not natural 20. Yeah. Okay. Grit knows what that's good. Unnatural 20? Unnatural 20. 23. Ooh. Eos, you got it. As you're just kind of look at them, there is an entire settlement in the sun called the Burning Archipelago. Yeah, <laughs> you, you see her fuzzy face fall, heat and a husky. <laughs> Okay, I guess that is our next best option. Prop. All right, what else? When you get there, find an Efridi named Fuego. That's his street name. <laughs> I wish you could see my face, people. <laughs> Fuego. He's kind of an idiot, but he'll get you what you need. Okay. Let's hope so. Again? What did you say? An Efridi. An Efridi named Fuego. Okay. Do we know if we need any special equipment to be able to go into this Heart of the Sun place? No. They have like atmospheric thing we can get through. So let's see. What do you know about the sun? It's hot. <laughs> we know it's hot. It actually just over a century ago was when they first discovered this these areas in the sun. Protective tunnels in the plasma fire opened miraculously when a group of Serenites located a collection of deserted, magically connected bubble cities floating unburned within the sun. And we know and to them. They opened up, and over the next decades, pioneers, religious pilgrims, and scientists have come to occupy the bubble cities, which are collectively named the Burning Archipelago. Cool. They've been there for God's know how long. So there you go. Okay. Ugh, that's the worst. Okay. So, <laughs> Obsco, can you look this up and see, and, and see about plotting a course and working with Bra to make sure that he can hold his excitement in check so that we don't die? Sure. Yes, Captain. Absco. Does a computer's check to see if they can plot a course? <laughs> yes, do, do, Absco is quite distracted. Plotting a course to the sun should be the easiest, the single easiest course to plot. Like, yeah. toward the big ball of gravity. <laughs> For some reason, Absco, with your 10, you're sitting there and trying, it's, all of a sudden your mind goes blank as you're doing the course. You're like, wait, do I need to do the right angle calculation to the <laughs> no but then i have to turn the shit no at, you know just for some reason you're you're overcomplicating this trip can to I, the can I get some uh broadervention <laughs> broadervention <laughs> yeah that that's when you look down and you just see like bra circling the thing that says auto calculate to sun <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> right and absco just pushes the button 
<laughs> Mordice is going to turn to Jay and say, so um, are you going to come with us or are you going back wherever you work? Oh, no. I'm more of a, uh, well, white collar worker, I suppose. A little more bureaucratic. Hmm. Don't like to get your hands dirty? They weren't invited. Okay, bye then. <laughs> Just, okay, bye. Yeah, pretty much. We're all, you're giving us the information. <laughs> now get the hell off my ship! I think we'd like to. I think we'd like to get to move on. With that, Mordax is just gonna turn and do that kind of thing. Where, all right, I'm done with this conversation. I'm done with you. Turn her back to Jay and look at Angus. So, uh, Captain, Captain Angus, which would you prefer? When we're in front of other people, Captain is fine. But honestly, you can just call me Angus any other time. Or yeah, this is you know, kind of kind of okay. Um, so, um, sir, Captain, uh, with your permission, I think I'd like to go down to engineering and check the systems and make sure that we can handle that much heat. Very good. I think that's like a wonderful <laughs> idea. Thank you, Mordor. All right, then, Murdoch. You know, scurry off. With yours and Bra's permission, I'd like to see if he can handle the heat. Or it, I suppose, is they. That's I don't know what, what you call a sentient. <laughs> I, I think oh, no, that, that was in character, not I know it was they. Mm-hmm. Enos is not sure <laughs> what the Absolutely. pronouns are. It would be they. Yes, and I think that's a very okay. good idea because we don't want to lose any crew members, especially one that unique. Why don't you go do that, Jay? Uh, it might be time for you to scarp her off while we try to figure out what our next steps are. Thank you. Jay is already gone. Oh, just disappeared. Was she a hologram? As soon as everyone <laughs> turned their back to her and said bye, she was gone. She got kicked off the ship. She's like bye. Didn't say uh, anything. Just left. Obstacle. Can you get us there? Yes, uh, Bra has helped me calculate a course. We're ready whenever we've figured out if it's safe, which... All right, so you two run off and, and do your checks. Let us know what's going on. I'm going to go dig up those holy books from the kobolds and set about getting them uploaded to our computer so we can start you know, doing a little bit of analysis between everything else that we've gotten this way. <laughs> it also does occur to me as Brit that while they did take all of your belongings off of Zephyr, and I'm assuming Eos came with all of belongings, mm-hmm. I've just got Silverblade and everything that was just on me. That's <laughs> true. Oh. <laughs> just... Okay. <laughs> I don't know if they. Oh no, Mordax! All of your belongings are <laughs> in your quarters. If they'd been walking. Oh. Through. That's creepy. Spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good to know. I was I was envisioning this just like so. Bardax goes to go to bed, and it's like an empty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Thanks. They even canceled your your landlord tenant agreement, <laughs> <laughs> and got your deposit back. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no cleaners needed. Amazing. Okay, so why don't you do your checks to make sure our ship can handle flying into the sun? <laughs> All right. What? Gosh, what is the most appropriate for that? Engineering or physical science? Or Mew? Physical science would probably physical science would probably be best. And is it life science for Bra's ability to handle the Yes. That's yes. what I thought. Of a of a twenty five yes. for physical science. Check. 25 for physical science. All right. You know 20. that the ship could absolutely not handle flying directly into the heart of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Eos. 23. 
23 for your life science. Yes. <laughs> How do you go about testing to see if, if you if Bra could handle going into the heart of the sun? Um, my knee-jerk response would be to politely ask them for a sample of their spore self and test it under high heat in a machine I assume is in the lab. Okay. A bra will give you like like ooze out some of its this as you say this, like to the computer, this white fungus comes up like next to the desk. <laughs> just coming out of the electronics and just kind of wispy hangs there. Going to have to get used to that, she says <laughs> as she collects them and apologizes if it hurts. Nah, it doesn't seem to hurt him. All right, so applying heat. Then I'm you put it in the incinerator. <laughs> 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 and lock it down and begin turning up the heat. You get to about maybe 2% the temperature of the sun when it conflagrates and the entire ship begins to shudder and you just hear Bra's voice on the intercoms. Ow, 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 Sorry. So I'm guessing that was a test success? I would admit possibly a failure. <laughs> well, we learned something. Yes, we did. We So, we no, know. you have determined that you cannot just fly into the middle of a sun. Which... A Absco wants to do a culture check to find out if they know how people approach the burning archipelago. Okay. That's a 19. Absco, you pop up, you search uh, burning archipelago into the computer, and up pops its wiki page telling you all about the fabulous places that you too can visit when, if you go to uh, the burning archipelago. Some of the most beautiful hotel brochures and things like that, and the exact coordinates to get to the plasma tunnels that open up and allow you in. <laughs> Excellent. Absco turns on comms. I think I have it to where we won't get singed. They pay special attention to like the diameters and you know compare it to the ship's dimensions. You will be able to... Your, your ship is about the largest that would fit in there. It's like, you know, a, a semi-truck going through a little tight mountain tunnel. Do we have any shuttlecraft but yes. we can use instead? Like, park outside the tubes and shuttlecraft in? Two. So Two shuttles in that. your shuttle bay. Well, I mean, given our history with losing ships, <laughs> do, do we really want to chance just having it parked outside? Steph, the player, says, please don't do that. That's, that's huh? just asking <laughs> for trouble. You don't think it's asking for trouble to to try and squeeze it through these tubes? I, I I'm a good pilot. Why why are you doubting my abilities? Because you rolled a two. That was before. This is now. <laughs> <laughs> While they're doing all these calculations, I send a quick message to Jay. In the message, I just say I need the how to contact this contact, whatever his name was. Fuego. How do we reach Fuego and how do we get them to give us the information we need, basically? This frequency is no longer in use. Oh, for... Uh, so Welcome Mor to the Cloak Mordex and Dagger games. So, Mordex is going to try to be smart about this. And about how big is the engineering team that's, that's down there? You have 15 engineers that directly report to you. Holy smokes. Well, it's the engine room. It requires around-the-clock maintenance and observation so they work in shifts um i'm gonna go to whoever looks like they are them i don't know important do they have anything do they have like you know rank markers on them in any capacity or are they you look for the one that has the most dots on their shoulder <laughs> that must be your your department head all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna walk up to them am i looking up or am i looking you know 
Uh, you are you are looking up. It's a human. Um, a human mechanic, nice and nice and greasy, wearing you know the the jumpsuit that's got all kinds of stains and stuff on it. stands stands up and tries to brush himself off and gives us a, a salute. He goes yes. Oh. Just tuning the coils. Yes, p- please, please, please don't do that. The saluting thing—it's that's completely unnecessary. Um, hi, I'm Mordex. I, I, I'm Aaron Aronson. You're <laughs> <laughs> your department head. <laughs> it's, it's very nice to meet you. And what I needed to, uh, so we are going to the burning archip. I don't even know how. Archipelagio that they said we we're going to, and there are some tubes. And um, <coughs> I need to know what you, in your experience as an engineer on ships like this, have done in the past to ensure shape, safe passage to that. This there kind of chewing on the inside of his mouth before he goes, you know, I don't think I've ever been to the burning archipelagio. <laughs> well, then, all right, so. Now, what's the diameter of these tunnels? That's information you can easily pull up. I will tell him. Absco totally had the comms open listening. It was like the burning archipelago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you have never been to the burning archipelago, but how about the burning archipelago? (laughs) (laughs) No. You know, I I guess the only burning place I've been is... Don't say bad (laughs) <laughs> I, I automatically went somewhere even cruder so <laughs> the, the only burning place I've been is the burning desert out on Akitone. All right, well that's a different place so what we're going to need to do is consult the rest of the crew and talk uh, the engineering crew and talk to them about the plan for how we are going to ensure that this ship does not burn up and that's your task Aaron so you may go <laughs> alright and he runs off and a few minutes later, you see, like, five engineers all gathered around a whiteboard, you know, drawing <laughs> out stuff and making plans and, like, yelling at each other. Like, there, there's a very animated meeting about this. They all seem very eager to please you. Mordex is going to, to, to go into a as quiet a corner as she can find with Silverblade, and then just they're going to have a little chat about how we need to make sure that we get better at being bosses because this is this is they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna tell that we don't know what we're doing and we gotta we're gonna have to do some research on how you're supposed to be a good boss because this is there's they're also very tall all right all right (laughs) (laughs) she's so precious i know right (laughs) okay (laughs) all right so i'm gonna calm george and ask him to Come in and see if he can tell me how to get in touch with Fuego. Oh, uh, you you, you want to get in touch with Fuego? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, and he he pulls up the map, the Burning Archipelago, and he starts pointing out. He goes, "So what we're going to do is we're going to you're going to want to come in here at the Dawnshore Spaceport. It's the only port big enough for the whole ship if you want to take her in. I mean, you could leave the crew here, man, in the ship while we take the shuttles in." And then we can, you know, be able to kind of zip around. But all these little side tunnels, they're they're big enough for for the the shuttle to go through. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and so we we can get around. Uh, Fuego is probably going to be here in, in the Brass Bazaar. Uh, he he tends to like to hang out there and try to sell people on some stories and, and stuff. Okay. Have you met this Fuego before? Oh yeah, yeah. I met I met him once. Yeah. Excellent. You'll be coming with us then. Okay. Okay. 
Does that mean we're, we're all good? Yeah, 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 good, 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 okay, uh, I'll see ya. I reach out to all of you and say, are we ready? Do we know? Do we have the information we need? I'm ready to start the engines when everyone else is ready. As long as Mordax can keep the ship from burning up, I'm pretty sure it probably be okay. The engineering department is currently hard at work. On, on that issue, Captain. Okay, so I sent basically grabbed the information that was on the screen that George shared, and I just start sending it to all of you so you know all of the information that we just went over. And we'll just take the ship into the Donshore spaceport. So I'm assuming, based on this, that there's a you know sort of standard entry point that Absco can just figure out. Mm-hmm. And that should make it to where the engineering crew can know that we can make it in because that because this information looks like it'll tell you the size of the ships and everything that'll fit and where to go mm-hmm. and then it's I, just up to us to to determine what kind of shielding bra will need in order to survive that kind of the trip so let's get that going and then let's take off um so abisco kind of looks around the bridge um there are other helm stations up there i imagine yeah Yes. There's Are there a science other? station and a and a gunner station and, you know, several, one for comms. I mean, you've got stations all over. You've got people assigned. They all seem to know their duties. And if no one, you know, senior to them kicks them off, they're there. I'm going to, you know, turn to the left and to the right and look at two of the people on the different uh, consoles and say, I'll need help with thrusters and maneuvering. And they, they all... Set to work. All right. Um, so I'm going co-piloting to ro- with you. Roll piloting, I guess, to to get us there. You can you can get out. That's no problem. You can get to there. Uh, you aren't under any kind of duress or anything. Okay. So we'll take ten or twenty, whichever. The crew uh, helping monitor the ends you know, or monitor all the ports and the thrusters and what's going on. Absco, you take her out once you get clearance, and the Roseate leaves spaceport or space dock and heads to the sun. How long is the trip? Uh, you know what? The trip will take you... Oh, nice. You catch you catch a gravity current and it'll only take you one day. Nice. Cool. So, as that's going on, do we want to maybe do a team building exercise and see how having a medical officer impacts on our, our work? Check out some of the, the hollow areas on the ship? I don't see why not. Sound like... Uh, Alright, so you head to the hollow deck, calling all the officers together for training exercise on your trip. Mm-hmm. You are greeted by Bra, who has take who has taken on a uh, particular AI tone as the doors open and you hear the voice. Welcome to the hollow deck. Which program <laughs> would you like to load? Team building fight scenario. Difficulty level experienced mm-hmm. appropriate. So Mardox look way okay. more comfortable with what we're about to go do than what. She's been doing. Okay. She mm-hmm. cracks her knuckles so much better than Boston. I gotta do a thing. Not one. No. <laughs> <laughs> Raw loads up a battle map that looks awfully familiar with its pyramidal structure. <laughs> Suddenly, everybody is traumatized. <laughs> Except Eos, who's like, what's the big deal? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, Eos and Mordax both are just going to be like, what? Well, this is the same one we used with Mordax. This is the... Oh, yeah. (laughs) They lost. It was a draw. (laughs) (laughs) Get it right. This is important. Silverblade won, in my opinion. (laughs) Okay, so these little broken walls here are going to be half walls. They come up to about waist high, which means Mordax, you'll have full cover behind them. Everyone else would have half. And then it loads up a couple of enemies. 
couple Isoki gang pushers, and an Aeon guard. Please roll initiatives. So exciting. I have a plus one to initiative. Oh, good. A six. Ooh! (laughs) A whole six. 16 for that. All right, we ready? Yes. As these creatures, or as these holograms come into being, Mordax, you're ready. You get to go first. So Mordax is going to take a look at the things that they're about to fight, look a little nervously at the rest of the crew because she doesn't feel great about fighting a bunch of Yusoki, but um, she's going to do it. Uh, <laughs> so Mordax is going to take just that much and then take the standard action to... um activate the um electrostatic shield thank you thank you i totally liked on that yes all right so mordax you take a five foot step into a little enclave and mess around with your rig and suddenly there goes the shield around you the energy shield uh silver blade silver blade is a little hindered by the fact that everyone else is in their way so it's just gonna you can move through people's squares, through your allies' squares, so long as they allow you to pass. That's great. Then I will. Silverblade goes charging forward. Haha. All right. So one of the holograms, uh, the one up on top of the pyramid, is going to take a quick shot at the moving Silverblade. 24 is going to hit. It's going to do one. Now, you said uh, Silverblade has DR, correct? Yes, of one. It has DR1, so it does nothing. Nice. <laughs> As it just bounces harmlessly off of Silverblade's metal exterior. Uh, this next one's going to also take a shot at Silverblade from up above and is just going to miss entirely. Let's see. The Aeon Guard is going to... Actually, he's going to try something, I think. Yeah. Oh, with a 26 in athletics. It's going to run forward and kind of vault over the, uh, the half wall here and come down with its fist and uh, you can tell that it has a gauntlet that has this sort of crackling around it, kind of crackling energy. Eos. Alright, I vaulted am... over the half wall and landed directly in front of you. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot this mofo. <laughs> <laughs> With my laser pistol. Woo! 25! Eos just draws her sidearm, pulls it up, and just fires one off like nothing. Eos is just like, nope, this is training time. (laughs) What? (laughs) That I was in the military. Nice. What's the damage? Doing four fire damage. Nice. Absco. All right. Absco is going to use, um, is going to do a trick attack uh, versus the Aeon Guard. Okay. So Absco moves across. You are going to need to, how, how did you move there? Did you jump the wall or did you go past it? I, I was moving past it because I used uncanny mobility to choose that as my target to not get an attack of opportunity from. All right. Cool. Nice. And so I move myself over there, and I will do the trick attack by using my stealth. So my chameleon, like, skin shimmers as it passes Ooh. by. 23? 23, that would be... 20 plus CR is the... What uh, about meeting? Meeting? Matt, that would be... Success. If you meet a score, it's a success? Yep, usually. Okay. Usually. Yep. I wanted to make sure it didn't say otherwise. Yep. Okay, so trick attack Success. Um, yep. So Absco goes, like, dropping around the corner, skin shimmering as uh, Aeon Guard seems to be having trouble locking on to where Absco actually is as they go swinging, as they go shuffling by. As they did that, they were pulling their arc pistol and they fired. Woo! That is a hit. <laughs> 
25 so will smack it. With 1d6 plus 5 damage and the <sighs> trick attack. Max damage. Of 3d8. Ooh. Oh, an extra 3d8 damage? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Nice. So That's that awesome. 3d8 was 14, making so it a total, total of 25. Uh, yeah, you go. Absco goes shimmering by, pulls their pistol, pulls it out, and fires. And you can tell this guard had no idea where Absco actually went. And they're also flat-footed. it just gets <laughs> rocked, and they're flat-footed against you or against everybody? Against everybody. Just flat-footed. Okay. Angus. Angus is going to go to Photonic Attunement, and... I can do two movements instead of an attack, correct? Correct. So I'll take a five-foot step back, and then I will stellar rush this Aeon Guard. Nice. Because the stellar okay. rush is... A full round action? Yes. Yep. It's... And you can take the, the five-foot step. So I, I, I will allow it, whether or not it's exactly raw. Absolutely. I can see it. Like, just Angus just backs up a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, kicks his foot, snorts, and goes running forward, and rolls a one. So, I don't push him, but he does still take the 2-6 no. fire damage. Yes. <laughs> you run into this thing, and it's a lot more solid than you were expecting for a hologram. Right? Should have known better, but it, it's a lot more solid. Head down, bull snort, running forward. You just, like, run into him. Just... Yeah. <laughs> Eight points of damage as you run into him and just the, that pink moat as you begin attuning, you know, it's just you charge forward and in front of you, there's just this pink like heat wave of friction as you run headlong into this thing and kind of stumble back a little bit. But that heat wave does burn the Aeon Guard that has been spawned. Mordax. And they can take some damage. Mm-hmm. Just want to help clean up this situation. Mordax <laughs> is going to shoot at the guard with a whole 12. So, uh, yep. And Sorry, uh, you shot at the guard. Taking a shot at the guard. Mordax, you're, you're trying to shoot the guard, but there's all these tall people in the way with your pistol, and you're worried about accidentally shooting out the back of somebody's knee. I appreciate that. Which would probably be not be good form. <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh, not inspire confidence. So, yeah, your shot just kind of ricochets harmlessly off the floor. Silver Blade. Silver Blade's gonna move, and Silver Blade's gonna be done. <laughs> All right, Silver Blade runs around the end of the half wall, charging up the pyramid toward the gangers that have been conjured up here, who are each going to try to take a shot at the Silver Mouse that is charging them. And both are going to miss terribly. They each will take a step back. Uh, this Aeon Guard looks confused and confuzzled for a little bit, looks up and sees a big old noir in his face and is going to try to hit you with his gauntlet. Ooh. 25 will hit. <laughs> will indeed. Doing eight as it just punches you in your nose. Fair. And I, I just picture Angus, <laughs> the, the face, you know that confused face of a bull if you punch it in the nose? Like yes. you, I, I don't know if you've, <laughs> I spent time in Texas. I have not personally punched a bull in the nose, but I have seen people do it. Yes. And they just look so confused. Like, did you just do the thing I think you think you did? <laughs> Eos. All right, I am going to shoot him again because he's right there. Ooh. Really? That's Eos draws a bead uh. <laughs> and rolls the one. Watching this thing punch Angus in the nose, Eos just kind of looks over at Angus and pulls off the trigger. You know, it squeezes the trigger, realizing the shot goes over the Aeon Guard's head. Because I don't think Eos can believe that something just punched Angus in the face. 
Absco has no Absco. problem believing I was punched in the face. Yeah, Absco's <laughs> not faced by this. Is continuing to stand still and using that as an advantage to try to trick attack again. They eat, they on guard. That is a thirty-eight. Oh, yes, it <laughs> seems to be paying zero attention to you. All right, uh-huh. uh, and so they are going to they're going to try to do a full attack this time. See if they can get off two shots. Nice. Ooh, <laughs> that's our third one for this game. That's two misses. Oh. So Absco, all blended in, is trying to do that, like, shoot between the legs and <laughs> dance around. And there's, there's, there's these, these bolts of uh, static just jumping around the corridor, but nothing is hitting anything. Angus. Okay, everyone, just calm down. This is a training exercise, not the real world. So let's just try to do this right. And I am going to attempt to use my new feet improve faint on the Aeon Guard. Alrighty. That is... So you will roll your bluff versus its sense motive. Yes. And I have an ability that lets me twice per day add a plus two bonus to a skill check. So I will okay. do that. Oh, which is good because that gives me a 16 total. <laughs> Don't know that that's going to work. So you go to swing with your axe in one direction fully prepared to like pull it back and come in at a different angle and sure enough there goes the aeon guard moving its fist over to block where it thought you were coming in that worked and opening itself up yep because it's versus its sense motive and it does not have a very good sense motive great i will do a full attack so two that was a 25 and a 24 nice those will both hit nice right there's 12 from one hit and nine from another as you just hack it to pieces. Angus just goes, Hook! and the, the Aeon Guard tries to go to block and opens itself wide up as Angus just brings his axe through it once and then down on top of its head. Okay. Splitting it open, and it just it goes poof into a cloud of particles. Just like that, people. Just like that. Let's keep going. Mordax. All right. Mordax. Um... Not tall enough to shoot over that wall, so I am going to... You are tall enough to shoot the one on top. Great. Uh, you I'm just have the angle. Yeah. I'm going to just skirt around Angus and shoot for the one on the top. Mordax is going to look at the Soki and sort of just take a deep breath and remind herself that it's not real. And she shoots with a 24. Nice. With a 24, you do hit, doing two damage Ooh. to the little gangster. Silverblade. Oh, um, I am at second level Botonic Attune. Yes. Do I get movement penalties for moving up steps of this pyramid with Silverblade? No. Great. Unless he has any reason that he shouldn't be able to climb steps normally. I'm going to get up there. All right. Silverblade hits yeah. the bottom of the pyramid and begins climbing up toward the nearest gang member standing on top of this pyramid. That's it. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. This guy's going to pull out a tactical baton and try to boop Silverblade in the snoot. A 25 will hit, (laughs) but it doesn't do anything (laughs) as it reaches up and just goes, bing! Boop the snoot. Very happy I picked that. Yeah, so the other ganger is going to try to take a shot, and that is a natural 20, a critical hit. Ouch. It does 10 damage to Silverblade, and I have to just look at the one other thing. Yeah, so, but the, the with the critical, it has critical arc 2, 
So this static arc pistol is going to arc from Silverblade to the gang pusher. Oh. Doing two damage to him as he jumps back, getting zapped from <laughs> Silverblade. Eos. All right. I am going to move a bit closer and I'm going to try to fire off another round at this gang pusher here. Really? <laughs> oh no. He <laughs> just got so cocky from that first shot. That's I so know. Cocky. I'm just failing. Uh, so, so what happens is me. Eos. <laughs> Eos goes running up, I mean, full soldier, you know, sidearm, tucked properly, runs up, takes a knee behind the the soft cover, pops over the top, and draws a bead, and watches the arc bounce off of Silverblade and hit the other guy, and that just makes her kind of, like, laugh as she fires her pistol, not paying as much attention as she should be. Absco! Alright, Absco, um... (laughs) moves to the pyramid. Please don't move. <laughs> Why? That's a good spot. But because... he's going to be in attunement next round. Or his next turn. <laughs> Fine, I can so move you... there. Can, can I get a 15 foot cone, please? I think it's only 10 feet for me. Absco would like a 15 foot cone. Yeah, if I can catch the, the gang pusher at the top, that would be wonderful. This is where There's your 15 foot cone, yep. Sweet. So Absco, at the extent of their movement range, puts a couple of fingers to his throat and uh, expels some fire from his open mouth. So that is 3d6 damage, I believe? Yes. And they have to do a deck save. 15. It is... I don't um, think that's going to do it. I don't think so either. It's... Oh, what is the... Re- I, I wrote it down in, in here, and I cannot find the note that I made for it. You're fine. Absco goes running up, puts two fingers against their throat, and whoosh, a burst of fire comes out of their mouth, burning the little gangster, Angus. Well, I can't do what I was going to do. I guess. Is this considered a straight line to the gang pusher? Is the way it's the pyramid is designed, or no? Yeah, you, you won't have it because this is a half wall, which makes it difficult terrain to get over. If I use or gore, an athletics check matter. to... Uh... I have gore, which lets me... Okay. Out. So that's why I'm asking. Okay, okay. You would have to make at least one... You'd have to make one athletics check. I'm on it. To make sure that you could jump... Yeah, like come running through and then make sure you get up there. Okay, I'm going to do the athletics check using my second plus two bonus for the day. Okay. Which is a 20, not natural. Angus, determined to show his captainly charging qualities, (laughs) just drops his head and charges through this wall. Through the half wall, just boom, juggernauts through it. And it's a stellar rush to hit Mm -hmm. this one. And takes this leap up onto the bit of the pyramid to get up to the level of this other pusher lands and there's just this this heat wave this pink heat wave in front of him as he charges forward and it's a 31 to hit that is most definitely a hit all right so damage is going do you need to know how much you beat it by or does no. that matter is this a <laughs> cmb okay so they take six damage and the Stellar Rush Boom. is considered a bull rush, so they get knocked 10 feet back, I believe. That's the first this... has ever worked. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, hold on. Because worked. with that kind of knock, I would say a reflex save. 
Okay, you knock this Isoki hologram back, and it looks like for a second it might tumble off the pyramid, but then it digs its claws and its little feet in and is crouched down, ready to continue fighting. Mordax. All right, Mordax is just going to take aim at Gang Pusher 2 and shoot with an 11 and then duck down. Uh, the 11 is going to miss. Mordax. You're probably a little surprised by the giant noir-sized hole that suddenly appeared in the wall, kind of, at your well, yes. <laughs> two o'clock. <laughs> and then my hope is that I can, if this is within the realm of move action ability, just uh, crouch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you can crouch. That's no problem. Perfect. Then I am done with Mordex. Okay. Silverblade. And now Silverblade can't attack. Silverblade has to just follow <laughs> the... <laughs> The, uh, the gang pusher five. So Blade runs up to the Soki hologram and the end. All right. Well, this hologram is going to try using its baton on Silver Blade again. A 20 will hit as it does. Ah, it puts a dent in Silver Blade. <laughs> as it boops Silver Blade's snoot again, like the front tip of the nose crumples as it does two damage. Not the nose. What? <laughs> the nose uh, so the other gang. <laughs> Pusher is going to take a shot at the charging bull that just went by. That's not going to work. A 13 is going to miss Eos. Good. feel like a one-trick pony, but my spells aren't really going to do much in this range. So let's try time. <laughs> one better. You're, you're doing better now. Way to double your roll. A two. Eight is not going to hit. Eos, you're, it's very frustrating to have your shots be this this inaccurate. Yes. Absco. Alright, Absco positions themselves. Absco cuts off any kind of retreat for the gangers. Uh, they're going to use their second dragon gland on both of them. Absco adjusts the positioning of their fingers on their throat, and with a squeeze, they have to make reflex saves. So, two. It's 15... And 22 for five. Oof. Yep. So five takes half of nine, which is four. And then Pusher 2 is going to get the full nine. Cool. As acid this time, right? Acid? Correct. As acid this time goes flying out of Absco's mouth and coats both of these. The one battling Silverblade manages to dodge just enough that it only splashes on that one. The one at the top of the pyramid just gets completely coated in it and does not appear to be doing too well. Angus. I'm going to move five feet forward and then five feet to the south west so that i'm between both they are now flanking me okay wait let me look is that what i want to do angus sees angus sees a, an opening where he can get right between them without either of them getting a chance to do anything and just sort of dances his way no. to right between them glowing I, pink i want to but if i do i'll hit both silver blade and absco i will hit them both so i do not do that you can take it huh silverblade can take it yeah absco oh, has got a siren uh, going by absco has what uncanny dodge so if they make they get half damage or they get no damage yeah it's not the best move and if we're trying to learn to fight together, this is not, that's not what Absco would do. <laughs> no, no, I feel like Absco actually knows. I mean, like, okay. I feel like, okay. I feel like Absco understands fighting with you, and that's a position they would have put themselves in. Okay. 
Cool. Then I will do exactly what I said. 15 points. 15 points of fire damage as Angus explodes. See, silver blade. <laughs> Ate it. A whole bunch of damage. Gang Pusher 5 died. The one that was fighting Silver Blade just got eaten up. Absco takes zero damage. It was there. Sweet. And Gang Pusher 2 evaded and has evasion. So ah. zero damage. Okay, so now we're learning some more about how to fight together. Eos. Mordax. Calm down and actually get some shots <laughs> to land, okay? You just, as as Absco, or as oh. Angus is saying this, he just had like an explosion of fire that just singed the crap out of poor little Silverblade. He's all sooty now. <laughs> Mordax, sorry about that. I'll help you do some repairs on Silverblade later. But it's good to Silver know. Silverblade can take it. It's fine. Okay. All right. Mordax is going to use move action to stand back up from the crouch and then mm -hmm. aim her laser pistol at the remaining Yusoki for 22. Nice. A 22 is a hit. Nice. And I am going to do one damage. <laughs> one whole damage. Mordax <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> 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 jumps up with her pistol going, Silver Blade can take it and takes a shot and the final hologram explodes. Nice. <laughs> As Bra's voice comes over, perhaps I made that too easy. That's okay, Bra. It's good to do incremental gains. Besides, we didn't know what Eos's capabilities are. This is a good way to get a, a baseline. It's fine. Well done, everyone. And that <laughs> is all the time we have for today's episode. So, for experience points, I am your host and GM, Miyu. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at MiyuPlaysGames. I'm Kelrick. You can find me on Twitter at EQPoints or at Cormalon. I'm Brit, and apparently my thing is going to become taking the last shot. <laughs> and you can find me at Atomic Firebird. I'm Kenny. You can find me on Twitter at PunderDrone. I'm Steph, and you can find me on Twitter at LunaStarWind. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.